0: Cast. I'm Doug, and joining me are... Andy
1: sat here waiting for Chris to poke in.
0: Uh, yeah, that will be me. Hi. <laughs> cool. So yes, welcome to our first official episode. Uh, we recorded a little test episode, episode zero, which had a surprising amount of downloads in triple figures. That means over 100. Um, so thank you everyone who's uh, listened to it and subscribed. It uh, makes it all worthwhile. Otherwise, we'd just be talking to ourselves on a Wednesday evening. So, um,
1: makes a change.
0: So we've we've made a few changes. I've purchased a microphone. It isn't terrible, and we're going to try and have a little bit more structure. So we've got a couple of themes tonight. Uh, but first of all, let's just have a chat about what we've been doing since our last episode. Um, Andy, do you want to go first?
1: Uh, still painting ultramarines, mainly. Um trying to finish a squad of Hellblasters and getting a little bit bored of blue. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the problem with an army like that. You you can't really break out, can you?
1: No. You, every now and again you go, oh, I'm looking forward to painting that sergeant he has got a red helmet.
0: <laughs> How about you, Chris? Um, I've been pretty good. I'm
2: stuck with the painting. Obviously, again, we've got our tournament this weekend, so finishing that. Um, and I've also managed to get gaming as well wow I know nice. it's, it's the first one in, I had like a big flurry when 8th edition came out I had five games in the first couple of weeks and then just haven't had the chance to do anything since then um, and I've gone on to realise that I really don't know the rules if it's not right nights. so having that game although I managed to kind of pull out a win somehow the fact that I didn't really have a clue that was going on throughout the entire game shows how little I know and to kind of to
0: practice a bit more i think
2: yeah so it goes well for saturday
0: yeah definitely <laughs> since you're organizing it <laughs> yeah i i, I found with, with the rules for eighth edition the first five or six games i just didn't understand it and then after that it clicked and now i think i'm fairly okay with it or oh, i will get some wrong i'm sure um so as for myself i again as with chris i'm uh, painting my army frantically to try and get it ready for a tournament this weekend um i've got 10 plague marines on the table at the moment, as well as a biologist pure putrefier who's a grenade dude and the malignant plague caster. Uh, so, with, once I get them finished, I've only got 20 cultists to paint, so I'm um. sure it'll be ready for Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he
2: says on be... Tuesday night, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, we, we have a tournament this weekend uh, and Chris, you are running it. So we mentioned it briefly in the last episode. Uh, tell us about it. Why did you want to run it? Um, what's the format?
2: Um, so Basically, we managed to persuade um, Games Workshop to let us use Warhammer World. So we've got a load of tables. I think there's 16 people going down plus some hangouts on as well. And it's just a, a standard format, simplified rules, uh, missions, and just having three games of Warhammer uh, 40,000 over the course of the day. Uh, it's a chance for a day out, really, with a load of people from different areas of the UK to go and meet up as a like a club level, really.
1: Hit Forge World?
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that's, that's my plan. What, yeah.
0: What, but <laughs> one of the interesting things Chris has done is he got us all to write our lists and submit it early and when it's published the first round matchups and all the lists... So it's been quite fun, actually, looking to see what people have brought and who we're fighting in the first round. So I know I'm against Space Wolves um, with a lot of Laz, um, which scares my Mortarian list quite a lot. Um, yeah, so be... who have you got first round, Chris?
2: Um, I've drawn the other uh, Death Guard player. So whereas my Force is, it's not an elite one, it's like a mid-range one with 20 Marines and some uh, heavy stuff out of the back. Uh, It's kind of a Poxwalker, not a spam list, but there's a lot of Poxwalkers in there and there's some other bits and pieces. So um, it's going to be interesting because I think my army's focused on killing Gilliman, basically, by taking Predators and other things that just trying to have a pop at him. (laughs) Even though there's only one Gilliman in the uh, tournament, I thought there was going to be more. So uh, (laughs) that's the the downside of submitting your list a week before and obviously playing the law of averages, I guess.
0: Yeah, I... It's quite surprising, actually. I mean, it's probably because it's a friendly sort of group. We've got quite a wide variety. We've got Tyranids, we've got Gene uh, Stealer Cults, um, we've got White Scars. So there's quite a sort of big range of lists. So I'm quite looking forward to playing some games that I probably never get to play otherwise. So that should be fun. to yeah,
2: like, see it? there's two Dark Eldars. There's a Necron force in there. As I said, there's a, a proper Tyranid army. So full credit to um, him for taking proper. Tyrannids, as opposed to Ollie taking genius dealer cult genius dealers and a bane blade, <laughs> stupid blade list that he's done. So, when we said it's a friendly tournament, don't take the mic, he obviously wasn't listening. I think that's because he was on the sub-subs initially and squeezed in or squeezed in as much as you can with a bane blade. So, I think everybody's looked at that list and gone, ugh. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes on. Yeah, but it
0: should be a like. It should. And Andy, you're, you're not playing, but you're coming down to watch, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um, basically, I only like... It sounds terrible, but I only like fielding a fully painted army. And uh, when the tournament was first announced, I'm there thinking, there's not a chance I can paint an army up in under a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just paint so slowly. And to be honest, I wasn't as fully up with the rules uh, when it was first announced. And I was to be honest, I would have just gone down and died of death. <laughs> um, I'm a bit more confident now, you know what I mean. So, but I always, to be honest, I always found tournaments a bit intimidating.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I I played a lot of tournaments in uh, War Machine because pretty War Machine is a game which pretty much is entirely tournament based. It's not a, not a casual game at all. And yeah, yeah the, the first few, my hands were shaking every time I went to use a model in case I did something wrong and everyone stood up and pointed at me. But yeah. actually, I find, I started treating them like a set of four pre-arranged games or whatever. So it's just like you'd arrange to play a day of... Day of, you know, day of games and you hadn't yeah. sort of set, got your opponents preset and once i started thinking about like that i mean obviously i don't win anything but it just takes away a lot <laughs> a lot of the uh, sort of fear but it's totally you know understandable what you get um yeah. and, and i i i don't get to play very often our, our local club starts at eight in the evening so in order to sort of get there get played and get set up i get one game a week if i'm lucky Whereas being able to play three games in a day is just brilliant. I, that's great practice for me. So that's that's what I love about games to tournaments. Absolutely.
2: Under- the, the other part of it as well is obviously you don't really know the rules properly until you've played it on the board, and it's kind of playing somebody a bit more experienced that starts pulling the tricks on you that you kind of learn and get better from that. I think I saw it was across all the games I've played and X Wing and 40 k and Fantasy over the years. And basically, it's pieces that you go to a tournament and game one, okay, it's a bit scatty. Game two, you've probably got a bit better idea of how your army works and what you're playing trying to do and the strengths of your army. And then by game three and four and five, you've got a much better idea of where you're going. And then, as kind of talked about on Warhammer TV quite a lot, there's no real substitute for playing 100-plus games with your army at the end of the day. So people kind uh, of build upon it and build it.
1: I'll sign up for the next one then.
0: Yeah, good, um, go. good, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know we said we'd be a bit more structured this week, but speaking of Warhammer TV, did either of you watch any of the Grand Tournament uh, streamed games? I
2: did. I watched right. all, well, uh, all five games altogether, so I was kind of it. I even watched that over watching United play. So, yeah, I was uh, quite enthused. Um, so the presenters are really, really good um, and quite happy to kind of listen in for the entire thing whilst painting solidly for two days basically
0: yeah i i was surprised at how good it was I've, I've watched streamed war games before and they don't always work but the the people they had presenting were just really personable nice people who seemed interested in the game they love the hobby it wasn't all about you know rules front crunch, number crunching it was a lot about oh look at that awesomely painted model look at uh, I don't really know what this guy is thinking, but let's go with it, sort of thing. And <laughs> I, I found it really engaging. And I'm actually, I've. Apparently, you can watch. You can get Twitch Prime with Amazon Prime. Uh, yes, yeah, that's what
2: the way I use it.
0: Now. Yeah, since I've got Amazon Prime, I think I might sign up, get my Twitch Prime sorted, and sit and watch a few more uh, games on Warhammer TV. It's a pretty good resource, and especially if you're looking to sort of see how tournament games work and sort of get a bit more confidence. I think watching a few rows is quite a good resource out there
2: yeah <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's, it's really good to, um, I'll chuck in a cheeky plug because I do kind of know Martin and I know Nick who are the hosts for it from the from my time working workshop so hopefully they'll have a listen and it's, um, cheap plug for them but um, they're a really good kind of combination of uh, people to listen to uh, Martin's kind of knowledge is spot on and just like the tactical thinking because he's a tournament gamer himself uh, oh. across all the game systems so it comes across and, and I've something to listen to in the background and casually glance over spot on, really good. Just to the point where I'd watched the um, Age of Sigmar tournament the week before as well. So it was four solid days of listening to uh, Warhammer TV whilst painting, which is probably why the army's not far off done, to be
0: fair. Yeah. Um, speaking of sort of latest news and stuff, have you seen the commander minis that have come out? They've done a lot more previews of the minis, and they look absolutely stunning.
1: No, I've not seen them yet. I need to have a look at them, though.
0: Yeah, if you follow Necromunda on Facebook, they've got a bunch of alternate colour schemes that they've painted up, and they've got some Day of the Dead sort of masks on some of the gangers. It's fantastic, and I wasn't going to buy that, but I'm going to get it now. It just looks brilliant.
1: I'm buying that. I'm sorry, I've just looked at them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: not oh. as so easy as that.
1: <laughs> oh, those Goliath gangers look amazing.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. So yeah, that's definitely on the list. And I'm I'm interested to see how they try and fit it in with the main game, because it, it's, they're bringing it out as a board game, a bit like Shadespire, with sort of modular uh, board game terrain. But they're also giving you rules to play it in the sort of classic tabletop wargame way. So it'd be interesting to see what rules sort of cross over between systems. I know there's a rumour going around at the moment about the Adeptus Arbites being coming out soon. Like, I fully expect that to be a Necromunda. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, anyway, so the staying on topic uh, thing that we try to do, I have completely failed at. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm the one that lectured us all at the start. Um, anything else you want to talk about our tournament before we move on? Uh, any lists that jumped out at you? Um,
2: so a case of very quickly go through. So, on, obviously, we talked about Ollie's grim nid blade list, which is just nonsense. Um, yeah. But obviously, if it keeps him happy, then great. Obviously, at the end of the day, people have different ways of playing tournaments. Some people are in it for a lap, some people kind of want to win. I think Ollie really honestly just did it for a bit of a lap, not realising. Everybody was going to react to it well, <laughs> deep down, probably thinking, Oh my god, that's terrible! But um, just kind of linking link through the list now, which we've put up on the, our, our Facebook page for everyone to have a look at. Um, but I think Dave Shelbourne's Tyrion army, I think just it's a nice broad mix. It's nice to see that. Uh, it's nice to see a proper Raven Guard army that you like the stereotypical one that uh, Sean's putting out. Same for. Sam with his mostly bikers and some of bits and pieces for his white scars. So yeah, there's some really nice selection actually. Um, I, I, obviously, with my force, it's quite what I've got painted, and it just sits in the middle of that thing. So it's not. Everyone's claimed that I was the power gamer of the group. You look at the force and go, well,
1: actually, <laughs>
2: it's not that bad at all. There's no Mortarian. There's no super heavies or anything like that.
1: I oh, was so, surprised by your list.
2: I know, and everyone's. I've got this reputation that I just don't deserve to. Honest, it's only because I played knights for the first couple of games because it was a painted army, same as yourself, Andy. Of I only pay, play games if it's fully painted. Yeah, uh, and that was the force that was fully painted when the, the new edition hit. So now that my death guard are getting there, and then they start to come out, and I'll, I've already started thinking about what I'm going to start doing next. Just to have a break from painting green, pretty much.
1: Yeah, you just gotta have that break. Um, I'm like I say, I'm looking forward to finishing these and then just I don't know, maybe guard Guard could be an option.
0: Yeah, I yeah. guard, guard is such a wide range of miniatures that you can do mm. all sorts of stuff. I mean, I've been looking at them and thinking, oh, I'd love mm. to do a pure me- mechanized guard list, just loads of Leeman Russes, that'd be really fun to do. I'm. i I've got complete hobby OCD at the moment. I'm. I'm finishing off my Death Guard, but I'm already looking at Eldar stuff and Guard and juice dealer Stelecops. <laughs> and it's not because I want to play the latest sort of broken list. It's just because there's so much cool stuff out there at the moment, and it, 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 it it's it quite overwhelming. It
1: feels very deja vu. This is how I first felt when I got into 40k. Obviously, more tired, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> So you'd, you'd get your first stuff, you'd paint it all up and then you're there going, that army looks good so then, you know what I mean, you jump and jump and then you got more jaded and cynical as the years went on, so it's nice to have that feeling back
2: It's that hobby butterfly is the, the term they use for it of all oh, the yeah. next things coming and the next things coming and I guess it comes down to the quality of Games Workshop stuff at the moment that it's quite hard to stick with painting one army because the next thing has come along and you obviously you want to put that on your painting table next yeah, uh, it's
1: a good feeling. It's, it's oh, yeah. exactly like being a kid again.
0: Wally, uh, the Wally doesn't like it. No, no, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it, my Age of Sigma stuff has been put on the back burner as well, which is a real shame because I, I love a lot of the models and I, I want to paint them, but I want to get another 40k army. And I've got my Dark Eldar sat there, built and ready to be painted, but I'm waiting for the Codex to come out. I'm very much hoping that we get some new models for that army because I think they need it a bit. They're a bit lacking in range. Yeah.
1: Some are looking a bit dated.
0: Yeah, and they don't, like, we lost a lot of the name characters. Like, Vex doesn't exist anymore, which is a bit sad. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's just bringing back that one kit, people would love it. So I I get a th- the feeling that if there's going to be any model release armies Dark Elder are going to be one of them I think they could do a bit
2: um, the only downside is you know, so when the last time Dark Elder came round they got such a big release they were probably the biggest one in a good few years when they were released Or yeah. again it was the time I was working for Workshop but they had such a huge release to so the level that Death Guard have had now mm. um, they had such a revamp that I don't think they're going to get a revamp because that was only what eight years ago I think it was something like that so it's in the grand right, scheme it's, it's not it that long ago yeah and they did the like the redo with all the current model line it was about eight years ago which yes it is a long time but at the same time it's not uh, Sist of the Battle you just obviously reset the, uh, the clock now by saying that but <laughs> it's not sister of the Battle <laughs> and the level waiting I think you,
0: know,
2: you just reset the clock on that as well yeah <laughs>
0: Oh well. <laughs> so we we seem to have moved away from tournament stuff. Um, one of the main topics I wanted to talk about tonight was, assuming that people like us are listening, people who used to play forty k and are either getting back into it or wanting to get back into it, what do they need to know? What what's the best way to get in? What's changed? Um, how to do it without selling your house? Um, so I mean, if we start off with a bit of you know fluff. Changes. I mean, what what's changed? I guess in the last ten years or so.
2: Um, I think the, the biggest one of late is that um, Primarchs have come back in forty K. So they're obviously talked about in the background as these mystical individuals that ruled the galaxy as generals for the Emperor, and then they're always talked about in the background. <clears throat> and nowadays, in the last couple of years, we've had three of them released. So there's two Demon Primarchs in Magnus and uh, Mortarion and then Gulliman from the Ultra Marines is back as well. Um, I think just for the... They can't keep more on the shelves, from all, what I make to say. Uh, we still work for workshops, workshop. So the fact that they're just kind of piling out, I think we'll see more and more of those. So logistically, probably another Imperial one. Um, maybe between now and Christmas, but possibly a bit too soon, probably the start of New Year. And I think we'll
1: Lehman. see... Lehman or Vulcan?
2: Um, yeah, possibly... Um, the Lion, I think, the Dark Angels is quite likely. Uh, uh of Ro- well, Dawn yeah, is probably quite likely.
1: I think there was rumours about uh, the Dark Angels stuff coming out just before Christmas.
2: Yeah, and background-wise, in the latest update, they put something in there that I think his chamber where he was asleep is now empty. So um, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be... It's, it's him or Rogue Dawn, I think, are probably used to, most likely. Uh, Lehman Russ maybe is an outside chance. And then, just because they're so popular as armies, uh, yeah. dark angels, the space wolves, that probably it's going to be one of those two. But plus, any, of they, any of them that appear would be nice.
0: Plus, it's it's more likely to be a space marine army that has a separate book because they've released a the space marine codex. And unless they're going to add something to it in a white dwarf or something, it you know doesn't make sense. Whereas space wolves um, and um, dark angels, they have their own separate codexes. So. Release, releasing a prime microphone mm-hmm. would make more sense. I, mean, I would say the same about Blood Angels, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that was going to happen. Oh, the thing is, though, what,
1: you're are you getting... saying he's challenged by mortality? <laughs>
2: the, the thing is, though, in some of the background, they did say about there was a heartbeat coming from Sanguinius's coffin, oh, uh, or his sarcophagus, oh. uh, in some of the Black Library novels. And then at the same time, if you look on the inside cover of the 40k book, there's a big floaty angel guy hovering under across the thing that you might not have noticed. Um but he's square in the middle if you look in the rule book. So obviously semi naked guys with big angel wings that look massive in comparison on what is modern artwork it makes you think, okay, who's that? So there's there's different kind mm. of signs to things that maybe they could do it.
0: Okay, and if it, I, they think. if they bring out a vampire Sanguinus, um I'm all in on blood angels. Uh, just just saying that now
2: <laughs> it, it, it's a possibility, isn't it? I would think I don't think you're going to get Horus back. You're not going to get the Emperor back, obviously, because of the way things have gone in there, but Sanguinius, maybe. You know, it will, Could you imagine uh,
1: how well a Emperor model would sell them?
2: Well, well, we're going to see him in Horus Heresy. Um, he's, the model will come out at some point, because his rules partly exist in uh, the Heresy rule set. Mm. Uh, so he'll, he'll appear in that, and I think it'll be a nice model when he does appear, but...
0: 40k now he's not there I don't think. <laughs> and for those sort of, as I said, talking about people who've been out of the loop for a while, the, the Horus Heresy stuff um, has really taken off. It started off with the novels, um, the first four of which were excellent, and then randomly there were some good ones and some bad ones. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, the model line Forge World started doing a Horus Heresy model line and released a lot of books to go with that. And that really kept forty K alive for a while during the dark days of Seventh Edition because a lot of people who wanted to play in the non massively power gaming games switched to that because it was fairly balanced in the Marines, shooting Marines sort of has to be innately balanced. So a lot of I think Games Workshop's current direction has come from that thirty K experience and how well that was received. Um And a lot of the sort of expansion of the fluff has happened in history. So they have fleshed out a lot of chapters which we may not necessarily know much about, but they've sort of gone back and talked about the founding members, etc. Which really, I think, has given the whole Imperium side a lot more background 10,000 years ago, which sort of still applies now. So if if you haven't read the Horus Heresy series, and to be honest, I, I suspect most people who sort of kept up to date will have done. Certainly give the first three or four books a go because they really sort of bring you back into the world of the Imperium of Man. And the the whole Black Library, um, sort of the other stuff as well, they've, they've got some really good stuff going on. They've got a series called The Beast Arises, is that right? Um uh, Yeah. Yeah, which is set, I, I won't give it away, but it's a massive orcs versus humans uh, series. Um, there's a Black Lib- uh, not Black Library, a Black Legion series which has started out. i I'm reading the first book at the moment and it's absolutely amazing. Uh so that's sort of keeps you up to date with Chaos stuff. There's been um Dan Abnett's Ravenna and Eisenhorn uh trilogies, which are again absolutely brilliant. They're about the Inquisition. Um in fact Andy, you, you gave me a lot of your Black Library stuff, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I, know, I regret that now, but hey. I was <laughs> like, you... rereading that.
2: <laughs> Doug does sound at the moment like he's in a giant old man's rocking chair, just for when he talks at the moment. You can hear a crinkling and a noise. Yeah,
1: I was hearing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sat here with my pipe and my book, and this is uh, what I do. To be fair,
2: we've all seen pictures of you wearing a flat cap at tournaments, though, so. Obviously, you haven't got a whip it, but you're close enough to being a, a northerner at the moment, anyway, as much as you might deny it. So, <laughs> I'm, I can understand you wearing sitting in an old man's
0: knocking uh, joke. The hat does not make it for man.
1: The blanket over the legs does.
0: <laughs> okay, so back on topic. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, has anything changed in the sort of Xenos uh, uh, sort of world? I'm when the last. Uh, faction was the Tau, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: How it was the last,
2: it? last of the new ones, but obviously they've been around for a good, I don't know, 15, 12, 15 years or so now. I think the Tau have been around for. So, they, they, one of the good things about Warhammer and putting it in the background is that the Tau, with every edition changed and every new codex, they did actually expand the um, the race because it's such a young race in the background. You can see the leaps in technology. So, whereas the um, 40k Imperium are uh, just quite an archaic thing where nothing much really changed and it was quite hard to believe all these new models coming out, the Tauge stuff made complete sense, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I remember them coming out and originally thinking, what is that? That doesn't fit. And I think that's probably a lot of people's initial impression of them because it was the whole Gundam thing, Games Workshop, right? right yeah. Riding away with that popularity, but I think they've started to fit in a bit more now, uh, as you said, due to the fleshing out. And it's been the same with the Necrons, actually, because they were based very much on just metal robots that sort of turned up and.
2: Oh. Chaos Androids. Yeah. Their original. Oh, yeah. The original incarnation.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah.
1: Space Crusade.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then they sort of. Fleshed them out as a bit more James Cameron Terminator like um, and then now they're proper like Egyptian space um, undead type and they've got some actually pretty cool uh, background and fluff so they've they've gone back on some of these sort of crazy ideas <laughs> and <laughs> filled it out a bit which is quite nice so if if you're looking at an army and you're thinking oh well towel they're just like Gundam or Necrons are just like metal things so that actually they've probably got a lot more history and it's the, the main thing with neck Necrons as well because traditionally they're just silver with green glowy bits but they've given a load of alternate colour schemes for different houses because they're Egyptian sort of dynasties and I think that's added a lot more to the collectability of the faction because you can paint them something other than just silver which is good um, Yeah,
1: my friends painted his up um, pretty much all rusty.
0: Yeah, so that's awesome. It looks really good. Yeah, I, I really like, I've, I've seen a few terracotta ones as well, which look brilliant. Um, mm. I, I must admit, I was tempted to get some uh, neck ones, but I'm tempted to get some of pretty much everything right now. I, I, need I just to... bought some. <laughs> oh, did you? What did you get? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have no idea, I bought one for a friend.
0: Ah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. He was
1: selling them, so I went, uh, go on then, it's uh, the future pile, let's call it that.
0: So, how would you go about starting a new faction? Say you want to get back into 40k, you haven't played for a while, what, what's your first step? What, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy new, second hand, or...?
1: Buy new at the moment. Um, I would, if you're looking to get back into the game, obviously you want in the main rule book and all that lot. Yeah. So just buy, buy the main box. If you've got a mate, are buy two, split the contents. I'll um, do what somebody else did, which was buy two, keep, uh, what was it, keep one rulebook and then sold both lots of Primaris, both lots of Death Guard and, and the other spare rulebook. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to start it because the amount of models that you actually get in Dark Imperium is really, really good value. And I never thought I'd say
0: that. It's, so it's... start there. Yeah, Games Workshop have long had a sort of no discount policy, and that's changed quite a lot recently because the starter sets, absolutely brilliant, and they've been it's perso- easy. they've been bringing out some sort of mini starter sets as well, which have slightly less models but for half the price. So if you want to add on to your you know starter set, you can buy one of these sort of mini mini sets. And
1: um, first strike, I believe it's called.
0: Yeah, and they've got some. Uh, Paint, you know, easy to build Primaris and easy to build Death Guard. Which, and they're
1: actually really nice support <laughs> yeah, I bought a
0: box. Yeah, I've got two boxes of easy to build Death Guard because I wanted um, just to bulk up the number I got with my two coppers of Dark Imperium. <laughs> um, exactly that. Yeah. It, and
1: it, you get the Blight Launcher in the um, small box.
0: You do, I, I, I've got two of those. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so if you want to play Space Marines, then definitely get the starter set. It's a great way you get access to a Primaris. Oh, we should probably say the Primaris are the new sort of release for Space Marines. They're not superseding the old ones. A lot of people thought they would. Basically, they are um, engineered to over the last 10,000 years in secret to be the ultimate Space Marines. Um, I'm not a fan of the background to this one. I think it's a bit naff but the models are fantastic they look absolutely beautiful um they've had a really big release with some really cool stuff and yeah you they're in the starter set so if you want to play space Marines, i'd strongly suggest you go with them they they haven't replaced the old ones and in fact a lot of the competitive lists don't use primaris at all uh not saying that they're bad just that I think the space marine vehicles are so good with Gilliman at the moment but it's not worth using Primaris. But yeah, so um, sorry, Karen. There ask. was, a, was like, there is
2: a Primaris army that James Carch did, which if you've not seen it, it's definitely one to go looking for. It's his Sons of Gilliman one. Mm. And they came seventh in the G T. Oh. Right. that was a pure that was pure Primaris. No Gilliman. Um just a, a pure Primaris list. And they came seventh. I think there was another one that came eleventh or something like that, which was much the same kind of list. But. Okay. But so the, they are a force in themselves.
0: Yeah, the, the point is, they're, they're definitely worth playing, they're not rubbish, but they haven't replaced Space Marines. So if you've got a Space Marine army set up in, the, in your loft, they haven't replaced them at all. Uh, Space Marines are still good. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good way to get into it. The, the other thing that Games Workshop have done, which still amazes me, they've got these start collecting boxes, which are 50 quid, and you generally get between 75 to 85 sometimes more quids worth of models in them which is fantastic and then they're not just those models if they're models that can make multiple things the whole sprue is in there so you can make either option and for my dark elder i have four start collecting boxes so that's but that's a lot of models i got for not very much money at all so, if you like the models and you start collecting boxes, and they've started changing them up a bit to make them a bit more relevant. So, the Eldar have just got a new one. Have you seen that?
2: Yes, yeah, the, uh, the Wraith Lord and Wraith Knight, uh, sorry, the Wraith Blades and things like that in there. So, yeah,
0: yeah so, so, right. so, so get those get are a really, really cheap way to get into your army and give you a lot of models very quickly to paint. So, definitely look at those. Um, the other thing at the moment is codexes. So some armies have codexes, some armies don't. Um, what Games Workshop did when 8th Edition came out was they invalidated all of the previous codexes. Lots of nerds cried. Um, <laughs> then they brought out something called an index, and there are four indexes, I think? Yeah. Yeah. There's So there's one for your Imperium, one for your Chaos and two Xenos ones. And in those... No. What's that? It was
2: one Xenos one, there was two Imperium ones, so there was one for all the Space Marine stuff, and there was one for all the uh, Inquisition and Imperial Guard, and all the other bits and pieces.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was two Xenos. Um, either way, um, in that book is everything you need to play your faction until your codex is out. So currently there's Space Marines, Chaos Space Marines... Death Guard, Eldar, um, Imperial Guard. Have I missed any? Um, um, Grey
2: Knights. Grey Knights are there as well. Grey Knights.
0: Mechanicus. Yep, so Adeptus, Adeptus Mechanicus, who are the uh, Mars faction. So we, they've got Knights and um, all of the sort of crazy inventors. Um, they're a relatively new faction. Um, so yeah, those are factions with codexes out at the moment. If, if you don't have a codex you can still play with your index. You won't have all of the same cool things, so you won't have access to some of the new stuff. What would you guys say? Would you say it's worth starting an army that doesn't have a codex yet, or wait for the codex?
1: Depends how much you love that army.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: I think it is worth starting because if you like the army, you're going to start the army and start collecting, and the things that are in the index, they just get things stacked on, so Whereas like, the Space Marines and the Death Guard had brand new models to go with their range because they were the two that came in the big uh, starter set. Things like Grey Knights, the ADMEC, the Eldar to an extent haven't had new models to go with them. Um, it's just had the additional rules kind of revamped some of the points costs that came in the indexes and then added all your stratagems, which is all your, your, your tricks that you can pull in games, um, which has been... Why have they been able to get so many codexes out? I think this would be the ninth one, or 8th one, sorry. And then Tyrannids is the next one, which comes out in two and a half weeks' time. Yeah, which, again, but... doesn't look like it's having new models, but it just breathes that new release of life into the army for what was in the index, really.
0: They're properly churning them out. I, I'm imagining that they had them all written well before they announced 8th edition, and they're just releasing them sort of in a staggered way. I'd heard that. It would make yeah. sense,
2: the lead time for a codex is about a year to 18 months i think so yeah it was always planned and that i would assume probably two plus years ago that they were going to rattle through all of these and they announced it before the codex or so before the new edition hit and said that this is our plan we're going to bring 10 codexes out before christmas um and everything's changing it is a brand new game but here's all the stuff you need to get started so they kind of looked after the customers in that sense so it feels good to be a 40k player again at the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the indexes were really cheap. Probably 15 quid or something? Um, yeah. So, and the codexes are brilliant. They're really nice books with um, really good painting guides. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, monetary-wise, I don't know if it It can't have gone down in cost surely, but it certainly seems like a lot more um value for money these days with what you get certainly compared to some other wargames out there um the the buy-in costs seems to be about you know a decent rate it's still an expensive hobby but i i don't feel like i'm getting ripped off now which is a really nice change
1: i'd agree with that
0: and if you are on a really tight budget, there's, um, Facebook is a really good place for these days to buy models. There's a couple of trading groups on there. Well, I'm not going to mention any in case it sounds like I'm recommending them, but I don't want to do that because the internet is full of thieves. <laughs> but um, they, But yeah, Facebook trading groups, I've bought a bunch of stuff off there. It's a really good way, if someone's bought half of a starter set or something and they don't want it, you can get some stuff really cheap. So have a look around on there if you're on a budget. It's a good way to do stuff. So, yeah, any other thoughts on sort of getting back into the game, how to go about it?
1: I'd say um, everything else is pretty basic. If it, if you've already done it once before, you'll know you'll need the paints, this and that. So, yeah,
2: I think that's about I think, it on that. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, comes down to having that network of either mates or people that you're to want to become mates and getting your enthusiasm... I know it works for me, of playing games gives you that motivation. Then Warhammer TV again just kind of gives you that extra impetus to get stuff done but um, having people in that arms race of, okay, well I've played them this week and I've I lost the battle so next week I need to have this done, get it all painted and then I'm ready to kind of go again. Um, it's such a big motivator for so many people. Not everybody's motivations but a lot of people's motivations to actually get stuff done and dusted and Playing some games, which is obviously for a lot of people is the
0: point of the hobby. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's changed, I think, in the time that I was off was the rise of sort of big established gaming clubs. And there's, I mean, in Wales, there's Firestorm Games, Um, in the UK, there's The Outpost in Sheffield, there's um, a few other sort of really big independent shops that support the hobby quite well, and as well, there's your sort of standard local gaming clubs. And so there's probably at least one in every city, if not two or three these days so if you are looking for some people to play against um have a look out there on the internet and if you do get stuck, post on our Facebook group oh advert we have a Facebook page the animation protocol like it follow us keep up to date but yeah feel free to ask on there I'm sure between us we know people all across the country and we can point you in the right direction for where to get some games in because as Chris says it in, it's perfectly fine to build and collect stuff as a hobby. I think that's you know, I that's one of the bits that I enjoy the most, but it is still fun to play some games, so yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think we've run out of things to talk about on that topic. Was there anything else we wanted to cover tonight? Yeah, I
1: wanted to ask you two something. Okay. Do you ever feel like you you know when you've watched say, like a certain TV series or movie, you then want to sometimes paint an army of what you've just seen?
0: Um, possibly, depending on the film. Why? What, what are you getting at?
1: No, it's just, I've noticed it. It's like, for example, I've been painting Ultramarines, so in the background I've been watching the TV show Rome, yeah? <laughs> yeah. In the past, I watched Zulu, really enjoyed it, so I bought a Praetorian army. So... <laughs> And I just start thinking, it's like, hang on, every time I start to watch something that I enjoy, it seems to involve a new army. (laughs) So I was wondering if you two have ever been influenced by watching somewhere and then wanting to build an army that's similar to what you've just seen?
0: I, not so much watching, but whenever I read a Black Library book, I really, really, really want to build the army. Um, So. There's a section in um, I think it's Betrayer, the Horus the Horace Heresy book where.
1: Amazing book.
0: Yeah, and I just want to buy, I just, I want to get World Eaters. I want to get some Heresy World Eaters and just do loads of Berserkers. And then I read uh, Prospero Burns. I was like, no, I want Thousand Sons. And yeah, it, <laughs> it's really dangerous. So not so much TV. I'm, I I watch a lot of uh, antique shows. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so so your armies are limited yeah but certainly book wise what about you Chris
2: Um, yeah I think the latest one was probably watching the uh, last couple of episodes of Game of Thrones and looking at all the White Walker armies and then looking across all the death rattle stuff for Age of Sigmar
0: wondering about
2: bluish kind of schemes and stuff like that um, because big dragons are cool and but looking at those with that one eye, um, again, same as Andy, watching things like Zulu gives you that idea for Praetorian Army. Um, Aliens gives you that idea for Chaos Cultists because their spacesuits are very similar to the uh, spacesuits out of the original Aliens. So I've been using them for my cultists and my Death Guard, wondering whether they can become a full force, most expensive, 40 points ever, 25 quid. But there we go. We'll just gloss past that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's plenty of inspiration out there, and it's whether you can do it just from the basic hits or if you want to expand it a little bit more and and build upon that, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I must have I've never really done lots of conversions. It's only really been when I've needed a particular weapon combo that it doesn't come in a box or something like that. But I, I do look at these people who can do these amazing conversions about you know trying to get their army to be, look more like something out of a TV series, and I think. I would really like to have a go at that and properly, because I not I tend to rush for building part. I stick stuff together super quick so I can play with it. And it might be nice to have an army which is there mainly to build, to look in a certain way. So yeah, I, that's okay. That's another project to add to my uh, pile of stuff to do. <laughs> Thanks for that, Andy. Uh, yeah. No cool. Um, so we did ask Andy to come up with some. Um, Interesting historical facts about the Eldar because it's their new Codex release, and Andy has failed us.
1: <laughs> Drawn a complete blank. They started out pretty much as they are now. Elder.
0: <laughs> I I think that's interesting, in its own way. Really, the fact that what, when did when did the Eldar come out? Back in nineteen.
2: Um, I think they were mentioned in so, wrote Trader yeah so yeah, they're, they're, so it's a 88 if not earlier
0: so they wrote the Eldar background back then and they stuck to it which I think is pretty impressive really I mean it, the Space Marine background if you look at it was so different back then compared to what it is now um, uh, oh
1: yeah when they all had kill 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 on their shoulder pads with only <laughs> one L
0: <laughs> exactly so <laughs> They've changed space scenes from that to what we've got now, but the Eldar are the ones that haven't changed. I think that's quite interesting, really, how they managed to do that. I guess it's because it's a fantasy trope, isn't it? It's it's Elves in Space. But the background itself, with all of the Eldar gods and the Harlequins and stuff, is I think that's quite interesting background and it's really well thought out and. yeah of of stones and their wharfs and niches it's a really good story actually it's it's really well done so
2: okay we... the, 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 they probably have evolved a bit more but since we're all kind of space marine players really and because the codex is back out it's not something that we're quite as a with than maybe space Marines where we are kind of common players and know ground off by heart and stuff. so if we give Andy homework to go and buy the care of the L. when it comes out this weekend. And then feed that feed that back on next episode. I think it'll probably be a very different story.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's like giving... So
1: if you both pitch in and buy me the codex this Saturday, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um, so on that note, I think we will call it a night. So thank you, everyone, for downloading uh, and listening to us. Uh, please subscribe. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, which does mean... But most podcasting apps, you can just search for the animation protocol and you will find us. Um, like our Facebook page and keep up to date with when we're doing new episodes. Hopefully, you won't hate this and we'll be inclined to record again. Um, so, thank you from me and good night. Uh, guys, want to say good night?
1: Can I go back to bed now?
2: Yes. Yeah, you
0: can. Well, good night. Guys. Guys. <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs> and on that note, good night. Cheers.